You know, so often when we have uh, our friend and brother, Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management on, so often it's bad news, you know, and it's just so refreshing to be able to get Zach's reaction to some truly phenomenal news about our economy. Before I begin today, I want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Thank you to Alan's Soaps at alansoaps.com slash Todd. Such an honor to work with them. Before I begin today, I want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. Over to you, my brother, Zach Abraham. Such good news. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah. See, and this is, this is why I avoid these sources of news, just because I've got enough on my hands. <laughs> um, uh, what, what I would like to know is, and I'm assuming it is, because he's like Ron Burgundy, right? If it's not on the teleprompter, he doesn't read it. Yep. This Look, every head executive, and I'm sure you'd agree with it, everybody that's adorned the executive office has spun things to their advantage. You know, Trump did it, you know, but this is just, this is purposeful fabrication that is just completely wrong, right? So, so let's, let's explain to people what, what he meant. So you didn't see an acceleration in inflation. From from June to July, right? Which means that prices are still going up at an annual rate of eight and a half percent, right? Where if you run if you run eight and a half percent inflation forward for four years, you 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 will have a zombie economy. I mean, you'll be hollowed out. I mean, the red lights are still flashing. For us to get back to some semblance semblance of normal, you need to see six to eight probably 12 months of negative inflation prints. And he's saying it's zero. No, no, the rate of increase is zero, right? We're still cranking at eight and a half percent annualized. I mean, th- to call this misleading is, is like to call water wet. I, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a purposeful gaslighting and we live in such a low information society with so many people who are governed by their emotions. They're going to take that and go say, take that mega, take that criminals. Um, but Zach, remember this, um, that, you know, first of all, we have a situation where our world is being shown to be, there's a lot of people who've fallen for lies and the father of lies and that right there, that is a lie worthy of the father of lies. And let me let me explain why I say that. This would be like, and tell, correct me if I'm wrong. 
this would be like a surgeon coming out. Let's say, God forbid, your loved one had been in a car accident and they were bleeding profusely. And the surgeon came out and gave you a quick update. Hey, I don't have a lot of time. I need to get back in there. I want to let you know, uh, great news. There's been a 0% increase in bleeding. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. thank gosh. Okay. Thank the Lord almighty. Um, so your loved one is still dropping about a quarter pint a minute, but it's, it's held steady. It's held steady. Right. So I think we're fine. Right. <laughs> right. Well, the, the other reason that, and again, I, you know, I want to say full caveat. One of the reasons that we do things the way we do Todd is because, um, and what I mean by that is managing risk is because nobody, including us, has a crystal ball, regardless of how smart they sound. Nobody knows what markets are going to do in six to 12 months, especially in this environment. And one of the things that we got to keep in mind in is no matter how dour or bad the outlook appears, nobody's ever navigated a market like this. So it's very tough. For, for instance, we had a, I had a conversation with my macro analyst a little bit ago. And right now you see a record inversion of the rates between the two-year treasury, or excuse me, the three-year treasury and the 10-year treasury. So if you buy a three-year government treasury, you're making like 3.1%. If you buy a 10-year U.S. government treasury, you're making like 2.8. Okay. If that sounds odd, it is, right? Because the longer you go out, like with a CD, it'd be like getting, it'd be like a 10-year CD paying you less than a one-year CD. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the reason that happens, there's a lot of different reasons it happens in the financial markets. But basically the reason it happens is because when investors are expecting a recession and the recession interest rates come down mm-hmm. and the, the interest rate on the 10 year treasury will probably come down significantly more because a recession means things are going to be bad for a longer period of time. And so you can make more money owning the U S the 10 year as opposed to the three year, because you're going to get a bigger percentage drop in the interest rate. So it's, it's kind of one of these weird, anyway, when, when, First of all, the three-year and the 10-year have never been this inverted. Whenever they were in this neighborhood of inversion, you had 100% chance of a nasty recession happening in the next 12 months. And again, the more inverted they are, the worse recession it signals. Okay, so that says, yeah, that says recession. Now, flip side is we've never had to look at yield curves when the Federal Reserve had $7 trillion of bonds on their balance sheet. So we don't even really know what the yield curve means anymore. Um, and anyway, this sounds wonkish. My whole point to pitch saying to people is this is why we cannot get stuck in these corners of listening to bulls who say the market's always going to go up, i.e. like a guy like Jim Cramer. That's why we can't listen to bears. There are several bears out there that have been saying for the last 12 years the world's going to fall apart. The only thing we can really do in this environment is manage risk. And I understand that it's intellectually stimulating or intellectually sexy to come out with a, the whole world's going to fall apart and here's exactly how it's going to happen. Um, okay. So all that being said, the other thing that's really misleading about what Biden just said was the only reason you're seeing a slowdown in the inflation rate, yeah, right. Or the rate in which it's accelerating is what I should say. Um, you know, and your analogy is great. The other one is, you know, you're doing 150 and a cop pulls you over and you're like, yeah, but I was doing 150 for an hour, man. I, I wasn't accelerating anymore. Right. When I you saw know, what's you, the problem? I didn't speed up. Right. <laughs> right. I didn't, I didn't drop the hammer. Yeah. What um, are you talking about? So, yeah, no, it's, it's madness. But, but the reason you're seeing it is if you look under the surface and all the economic indicators, yeah. and I'm, I'm literally talking every single one of them, it, they don't look bad. They look ugly. They look really ugly. 
Well, Again, we got to take that with a grain of salt just because this is such a bizarre environment. But the reason inflation is slowing down or the rate of acceleration is slowing down is because things look really bad. So this is not a victory yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, this is horribly rude. Can you, one second. Yes? Oh, dang it. You know, the FBI was here yesterday and my wife just told me they left, uh, <laughs> left the back door open. Did they do that to you when they come to your house? Like every time they come and they search, they, they, I, I always ask them, just shut the doors. No, I actually had them put in the biometric scanner so they oh, can okay. just put their thumb on my lock. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a lot easier? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they already have Yeah. Fred. Yeah. I, I, I said that the other day, like, Hey, do you want the, uh, the code to my gun safe? They're like, no, we're good. Yeah. yeah. Well, not right now. <laughs> yeah. We don't. Right, it depends. No, no. They said, no, we're good. We don't need codes. Hey, okay. So, yeah. so I, I want you to lead this, but I, but I, since we've got on this topic, I got to ask you a question. It really is amazing to me. And, you know, I am not some Trump sycophant. I, you know, I, I, that's not against him. That's not for him, but I'm just not, you know, I, I, I think his policies and what he did are infinitely better than what we've got in office. Oh my God. I, anyway, this isn't, yeah, this isn't for or against Trump one way or the other. Right. But, um, it is amazing to me, no matter how the guy is out of office and they're still trying to get him thrown in prison. I, I've never seen anything like this. And every single time a new, you know, this is it. Everybody buys into it with the same veracity they bought into the last one. I, it's, it's just amazing to me. Well, I mean, you have to remember who they're trying to put in prison and it's us. Right. Okay. Right. Because what they want right. is, and now you are a student of history because you yourself have told me um, that what brings, and I know we're not talking about society collapsing today, but you yourself have educated me about a lot of things about economic collapse that um, it's not necessarily inflation that does that. Um, it's what other factors that do that. I'm a student of history from this perspective. Zach, what happens when a little, maybe under half of the population is shown, you no longer get to choose for whom you vote. Your remedy is no longer at the polls. What happens next? Uh, revolution. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. Uh, yeah. Because, and, and so that's who they're trying to get. Here's what astonishes me. Um, and I, I do, I actually did want to talk with you about this because it does affect the world of finance that you know so well. So this is um, Jimmy Comey. And he is talking about Hillary Clinton. You'll remember these days, Zach. Now I want you to put your, your chief investment officer hat on. And I want you to say, and I know that this could never happen, or this, as, you know, obviously it's never happened, but let's say that you're brought into a firm. Let's say you, Zach, are brought into a firm and they said, hey, you know what, Bulwark, you guys are so good. We think we have a case of embezzlement here. Could you come in and lend a hand? Could you come in and just listen? And this is, let's say that this is the investigator describing what they found. Just listen with that hat on. From the group of 30,000 emails, returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. Eight of those chains contained information that was top secret at the time they were sent. 36 of those chains contained secret information at the time and eight contained confidential information at the time. That's the lowest level of classification. 
So those were all things that were not properly held. They were not properly labeled. Um, they were in places they shouldn't have been. Those are all felonies. That's what he said. If you've been brought in and another firm said, Zach, come and help us figure this out. And that's what the investigator says. And let's say those things are, that's, that's client records. And it's, it's where they're not supposed to be. You as an investigator would say, what should happen to that employee? Oh, gone. I mean, it's not even a question. And, and then the next string of it, and, and I'll just tell you because there's a lot of correlation in the investment world. The next thing would be a complete expose look into every single part of their personal financial life to see if there was crossover, meaning why were these secret documents, right? That would have been the oh, tip really? of the, like them. Oh, them being gone and possibly prosecuted would be a done deal, right? Then you'd be digging in deeper going, why were they disseminating that? Was there profitable means? Were there political means? Right? You'd be, you'd be really because what, what? Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's the tip of the iceberg. The, the the crime is not the crime, right? It's the crime is why were you doing this crime, right? There's a link to it, and wow. I, I remember looking looking back at it at the time, sitting there going, wait a second, wait a second. This is the start of the story. You're not going to continue to dig here, right? And and this right. is this is though what our uh, good honest cop and, and guys, if you missed it, that I talked in detail about this last hour. In fact, I dedicated last hour's show. Um, the, or last, the, the, I'm such a radio guy. I dedicated the former episode of the Todd Herman Show, episode 264, for August 12, 2022. I dedicated <laughs> it to honest cop Jimmy Comey. Here's what Jimmy Comey said then to the People's Representatives. And I look at the facts we gathered here. As I said, I see evidence of great carelessness, but I do not see evidence that is sufficient to establish that Secretary Clinton or those with whom she was corresponding both talked about classified information on email and knew when they did it, they were doing something that was against the law. Right? So given that assessment of the facts, my understanding of the law, my conclusion was and remains, no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. No reasonable prosecutor would bring the second case in a hundred years focused on gross negligence. A group takes and so I know that's been a source of some confusion for folks. That's just the way it is. I know the Department of Justice. I know no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. I know a lot of my former friends are out there saying they would. I wonder where they were the last 40 years, because I'd like to see the cases they brought on gross negligence. Nobody would, nobody did. Yeah, so if, if someone on the board and you were asked to come in and help another company figure out their mess, and someone said, oh, Zach, look, no reasonable boss would pursue this. You, do you put them in line for an investigation and a firing? Well, you'd yeah, and any reasonable human being, well, you'd have to, because the next question would be like, wait a second, the dissemination of that information compromised your firm, did it not? And the guy goes, yeah. And I go, so why aren't you vociferously going after this? Right? That would open up another angle. Um, it, I, what would happen <laughs> if um, this is in, in an honest world, what would happen if you, well, let's, 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 yeah, let's say that you, Zach, took an ownership position um, in HP, let's say, let's say you, you, you leverage a bunch, whatever you needed to do. I'm not saying that you don't have the money, but I think to take an ownership position would be billions of dollars, but let's say that you had that. And yeah, I don't have that. Okay. <laughs> let's say that you had that. <laughs> you took an ownership position. Um, and then you, uh, ran for Congress one and you're hanging out in Congress and you've learned that a bill is passed that will give 
um, a couple billion or, you know, $50 billion to Hewlett Packard from the American taxpayer for their chip production. You pick up the phone, you call and you acquire a lot more of the company. And that was found out what in, in, if, if it was a, if it was an SEC offense, what would happen to you? Or even a, even like, even just an investor who did that, what would happen if a real person got caught doing what Nancy Pelosi did last week is what I'm asking. Jail. Jail. Really? Jail. 100%. I'd be banned. For, yeah. I'd be banned from the industry for life. My license would be revoked and I'd go to jail. 100%. Wow. One, one, 100%. And, and they wouldn't even blink. Um, it's, 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 and, and I think this gets to the point and, and I don't really hear it, it's turned into so much political, uh, political food fight and so much political whataboutism. And, and I think our quote unquote friends on the left or, or in the mainstream media, um, it, and, and there's so much angst. I don't really think it's a case of forgetfulness, but, but, you know, I think it, and I think I could speak probably for a lot of people listening to this show. We don't want politically beneficial outcomes. We want fair play. Right. We want the rule of law to be applied evenly across political divides. And the reason they're going after Donald Trump is A, because they hate him, and B, because they don't want him to run for office again. And I am sorry, regardless of what kind of threat you think Donald Trump is to the democracy, and whether or not I agree with you has nothing to do with this. The point is, is you now are acting outside the rule of law, and for that, you should go to jail. Okay, since we're on this topic, uh, because I want to carry it into how this would affect the this stock world and the bond world in a rational sense, um, because I contend we're in a chaos economy. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, and by the way, my contention about Trump is he is the only guy that that would have surfaced what the party is. He's the only guy who would force their hand this way to force them to accelerate to be this obvious. Um, it's like the movie. Um, um, rounders. Remember that the great card playing movie, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at, oh yeah. At some point worm. And that's uh, who's in that. That's um, Edward Norton and who's junior. The, yeah. Uh, who's the big Matt star? Damon, Matt Damon and Edward Norton and Norton. It plays this guy named worm. They're both card players. Um, it, it, Matt Damon's character tends to, well, he plays it straight. He doesn't cheat. He doesn't, uh, he's not a card doctor or a mechanic. They call it. But Worm gets anxious. He, he needs the money now. So he starts, you know, really being obvious about his doctoring and, and, um, and double dealing, et cetera. He gets caught because he gets obvious. I think that DJT, uh, President Trump, caused these people to get so obvious because they're getting so panicked because he's saying that the, the parts you're not supposed to say out loud. So this goes back in history just a little bit. Um, do you remember Lois Lerner? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is the judge. And let's follow this, Zach. Now, you think, again, from your perspective at Bulwark as a guy, you have to have solid ethics or they'll put you in jail. They'll put you, Zach, in oh. prison. Yeah. Reinhardt worked at the DOJ prosecuting Epstein. Okay. Then he's getting a taste of this going, wow, this guy's got some coin. I'm going to leave the DOJ and form an LLC. And then I'm going to make it an LLP, go to some of the alleged accomplices of Epstein and some of his employees and say, hey, I have all the inside information on what they know about Jeff. I will defend you. And he does that. Now he's a judge. This is the guy who signed off on the warrant to let the FBI have nine and a half hours in the Trump residence 
They, the lawyers did not get to observe the search. The FBI did not give them the search warrant. Zach, this is Judge Reinhardt before he was a judge, still a DOJ employee, talking about Lois Lerner. Again, put on your professional cap. You you know the IRS. You have to deal with these guys. Being overseen by Eric Holder cannot be, you know, we won't see due process. Yeah, it's offensive, not necessarily because I happen to know Mr. Cole and and Attorney General Holder personally and and like them personally. It's offensive because I served in the Justice Department under Democratic administrations and Republican administrations, and the same argument was made about both. Being prepared for him. Finally, someone in the administration admits that the destruction of two years of emails from Lois Lerner is fishy. To you, does this pass the smell test? Unfortunately, having been in government a long time, the fact that well, let me put it this way. Incompetence doesn't necessarily lead to criminality. So and which, which, which <laughs> out of those, those two scenarios right there seems more likely to you at this point? Uh, within the IRS, probably incompetence. The IRS has one of the most antiquated computer systems in the world. Um, and the fact that emails could have disappeared without Ms. Lerner knowing about it or Ms. Lerner being involved is entirely credible to me. And that, I'm sure, will be her explanation, is yeah. that she was a very high-level person in the department. When the subpoena came in from Congress, it was delegated down to people who did this for a living. They were instructed to find everything. Yeah. Information came back up to her that said, this is what we have. She reported what she was told, and it turns out not to be true, but that's not a crime. If she didn't know it wasn't true, that's not a crime. And that's going to probably be where her defense lies. And one of the problems with that might be the fact that there have been some new emails surfacing that Lerner apparently warned some of her colleagues about that. Maybe maybe you've seen those emails. Would that... And we have one on the screen here. I was cautioning folks about emails and how we can have we had several occasions where Congress has asked for emails. Now, this is was this getting back to what you were you were mentioning at the very onset of this interview, where you have maybe this is a smoking gun that proves there was some sort of conspiracy here. Possibly, it depends again how one reads that email. Um, <laughs> it's, it could be read one way to say that destroy what we already have, which would of course be criminal, or it could be construed to say, going forward, recognize that Congress may ask for our emails, so be careful what you put in writing. Because I think at the end of the day, um, what originally happened here is probably not a crime. And to the extent there's concerns about the non-production of the emails, I think she has enough insulation between her and those production issues that barring some other real smoking gun, I don't see it. Enough insulation between her and the production issues. Would any of that wash if the SEC walked into an investment firm and said, you know that investigation we're doing? You guys erased two years of email. Does it work when you say, yeah, we've got some old systems here? No, the way it would work is that you would be strung up from a yard arm because you lost two years of them, right? They they don't care. Here's the other thing, Todd, and you could speak to this way more accurately, accurately than I can just because of your knowledge of the tech industry. But I know how my job works and I know how my firm works and I know how SEC regulations work. It, to me, it seems pretty simple. First of all, if the emails were missing, it's not like Lois Lerner went in there and highlighted 2,000 emails and pushed the delete button. They got wiped from servers. If that is not duplicated across several other user accounts and names, then it was done by definition on purpose. Then the question becomes why? There's automatic backup to all this. Every single email I send gets backed up on a third-party server, just like happens at the IRS. If those emails aren't there, you shouldn't be asking Lois Lerner where they are. You should be asking the people that wiped the servers where they went. With like a I, 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 we, we, 
<laughs> we, with some hydrogen peroxide and a terry cloth, though. Right. Right. You got to do this. I mean, these are sensitive matters. Look, they have backup tapes still. The IRS does have an antiquated system by design, I would add. It's job protection uh, for their coders. Um, they use, at least they were using a code base called Code Fusion, believe it or not. And people who code are going to hear me and go, no, they weren't. Yes, they were. When I worked in D.C., everything was Cold Fusion. So this would be like driving around in a, you know, 1981 Datsun and being surprised that it breaks down. But the bigger thing for me is, again, um, that's the IRS. They put people in prison uh, for making a mistake on tax firms. They're going after Trump's records. What if Trump, he said he's pleading the fifth and he said he'd never do that. And he is. And he's wise to plead the fifth because of the way they're trying to, you know, stick it to him. Um, he could just come and say, yeah, as you're gone. Yeah, I, well, yeah. not to, not to mention the break from from history, right? I mean, look at I mean, you know, when W came into office, there were so many loose ends that he could have pursued with Clinton, and probably should have, right? Right. But the tradition historically of the presidency has been, hey, unity of the country means more. You leave the office. As a younger man, I hated that policy. Because I wanted, I wanted to squeeze some blood from Clinton and his ilk so bad, couldn't see straight. As an older man, you know, I, I recently read, I re, I'm reading the, uh, the book Grant. It's a, it's a biography on, on Ulysses S. Grant. And, and by the way, it's just called Grant, and I cannot recommend it more. Talk about a guy, as a guy who considers himself somewhat of a military historian, I was appalled at what I did not know about Ulysses S. Grant and what an incredible man he was. But, but reading the way that he and, and Lincoln both were dealing with reconstruction or planning to deal with reconstruction before that night at Ford's theater. Um, it, it, it's so funny because there's so much biblical principle in it, right? It's so much God in terms of let's heal the divide. Let's be gentle. Let, let's give grace where punishment should be granted. Let's heal the divide. And everything has gotten so vindictive that I'm, in favor of that. The thing about what's going on with Trump now is the unprecedented nature of it. Nobody goes after presidents. Now, there's, well, aren't they saying that this is about his real estate deals? Oh, it's about everything. They, look, they tend to dismantle him. The full intent is to make him an insurrectionist who is banned from public office. That's the- From running intent. again, but yep. Zach, remember this. Like, during the Civil War, uh, when John Brown, you could argue that John Brown started the Civil War. So Harper's Ferry. Mm -hmm. Um, John yep. Brown was a life's loser. Uh, he was a terrible father. He was an abusive father, neglectful, a abusive, drunk. drunk. And his decision to become the savior, the, the Messiah figure in his mind, uh, was on behalf of black people. So you had, um, you, you had some of the, 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 the best thinkers who at the time, you know, uh, black people, come to him and say, no, this is not the way. Frederick Douglass met with him. Yeah. So Frederick yeah. Douglass met with him and said, no, 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 this is not the way. Then John Brown said, no, it's going to be the way. And he started that war. At some point, you have a side shooting at you. And at some point, they're doing the war and you're not. At some point, they're taking, you know, they're, they're taking lives and you're not. So at some point, then the union needs to engage. Right. At some point you make the decision, okay, violence is called for. What we're seeing in our country, and this is the difference to me, 
is it's it's the left at some point. I think the leftist portion of the party, which is, and I include in that McConnell by his passive allowance of this and McCarthy by their passive allowance, they have stood by as our schools are captured entirely captured by 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 perverted ideas, our colleges, um, the FBI, uh, our 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 public health system. We just watched small businesses evaporated, and you know, you you taught me about the wealth transfer. I had no idea how gargantuan that was. And they are performing scorched earth, you know, almost almost violence. And then we've got the killing in the streets, the political killings by Antifa. And at some point, you have to enter in this in a different way. With all the respect I have for Grant, because what U.S. Grant did, I thought was amazing, is they had all those prisoners um, at the war's end. And they marched in, they, they surrendered, and he told his troops, no, no. No, no, no. They keep their horses and they keep their guns. And no celebrations in front of them. Right. They, and and Grant, Grant never even stepped foot in Richmond, Virginia, the capital of the Confederate States, because he didn't want to insult them. Right. And, and he and he and remember that he knew a lot of those guys, a lot of the generals. They all went to school together. Yeah, so, West Point. Yeah. Right. So there's that. Um, and I get that. And I like that, too. And. If we're going to if we're going to make that the reason that we do not confront evil because it's uncomfortable, well, then I think the only solution, Zach, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this, the only solution is to trust God. Because <laughs> that dude, so? brother, if we're not <laughs> going to go, if we're not going to go arm up, and I'm not, I mean, at some time or another, yeah, at some time or another, I would join up and fight. It's not now. Um, and the reason I say trust God is because I'm looking at a side. I'm, I'm remembering Barack Obama and what he did. I'm looking at a side that scorched earth. Mm-hmm. And, and if we don't trust God in this and we don't take our cares to him, we don't take it captive to Christ, we don't go or to, to Christ, we don't go to the Lord and say, I am putting my trust in you, not horses and chariots. I am praying you will protect us from this. I am praying you will bring justice. Well, then the people who are going to get frustrated by this and seek violence, they're going to get it. And I don't want that. Yeah. No, I don't either. And and quite honestly, that's exactly. <laughs> and and if we have clients listening, which I'm sure we do, don't, you know, don't worry. You know, we're not resting on our laurels, but at the end of the day, it's why I say the most important part of my day is getting up and praying for wisdom and guidance and, yeah. and prudence. And because in this environment, like you said, I'm not ready to pick up arms. I don't, you know, and you get some of these ads to Oh, bring on a civil war guys. Just stop that. You're, you're talking about a level of ugly that is just if, beyond human comprehension. If it, if it comes, people have said, how will we know when, when it's a godly war? I'm totally unqualified to answer that. Um, but, yeah. uh, but I trust if God forbid, if God forbid, God allows that we'll know. Um, but it won't be because we feel it. It won't be because we want to, it won't be because we want revenge. That's it. It will not be because we want revenge. You know why? Because God does not have us do things that go against his word. Revenge is his leave room for his wrath. It's not because we want to go murder. It's not because we want to impose our will. It will be because it is flat out the only godly option. And we're not there yet. 
Um, I want to apply this and get it back grounded to finance in a second here, Zach, because I am curious about in a rational economy, how should this be affecting stocks and bonds? Um, they intend to jail and imprison the, 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 the previous president. How would that, if the economy was rational, how would that be, you know, what would that be causing? And what's it causing now? I want to talk about that, uh, Zach Abraham. But I do want to mention, um, Zach is going to be doing one of his very famous, excellent free live webinars. And this is coming up. Oh, gosh, it's this, this coming Thursday. Uh, it's Thursday, the 18th at 3 p.m. PST. Um, this guy, Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Bullard Capital Management, is going to talk about how should you retire? When should you retire? Are you ready to do that? Should you take Social Security? And what is this long-term care stuff? And hey, if you're not hip to what the separate country of Washington State has done with long-term care, where they're taking money from you by force, um, to pay for stuff that will never amount to long-term care. Um, just know that this is coming to wherever you live. Um, if it's, they've got any leftists in it at all. Also, Zach will go into some detail about why the 60, 40 stock bond mix is outdated in today's inflationary environment. And my brother, Zach has been warning us about that for going on a decade now. And of course, we'll talk about the risk management strategy. It's Thursday, um, August 18th at 3 PM. Zach, anything you want to add to that about these free live webinars? They always tend to sell out. I know people need to register in advance, but anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Well, I, the, well, just kind of give you an idea how we think outside of the box. The, the what you just said about the uh, long-term care thing is hundred percent true. Uh, we actually came out of ways for the vast majority of our clients to usurp that law and, and, and legally get out of the way of it so they didn't have to pay it. So we're, this isn't just finance, right? We're also dealing with, you know, quality of life issues, financial issues. And then when we see onerous laws like this come up, we're going to work as hard as we can to find loopholes uh, that are legal and get our clients out of the way. Oh, wait. Okay. See, see I love that. I should have that somewhere in my notes. Zach came from the of legal. <laughs> Legal loopholes, legal usurpations. Well, I, 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 but I don't want, I don't want the guys from the FBI coming back, man. You know, know, so I got to be careful about these. I hear you. <laughs> All right, just go to knowyourriskradio.com, K-N-O-W, knowyourriskradio.com. A reminder, though, investment advice simply cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative, Trek Financial LLC, and a CC Rich Investment Advisor. What's that, agent? Sorry, FBI agent. What's that? Sure. No. Um, my neighbor's name is Rich. Uh, yeah, no, he voted for Trump. Okay, just one thing. He does have a 50 cal. Oh, you do? Oh, okay, good. Oh, he has the uh, shutoff code. Um, hey, I want to hang out with Rich when I come over there. <laughs> I'll, let him, uh, I'll let him know that. Uh, yeah, the yeah. FBI is here. Just every, every stinking day they show up. What yeah. should... If, if we didn't live in the chaos economy that I contend has been installed, uh, what should be happening now that they are intending to imprison the, the previous president? Man, that's a good, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> well, I, you know, I, I think you and I have talked about this several times um, about what we thought was going on, which we'd been expecting this thing we call a counter cyclical rally or a bear market rally. Yeah. Um, and we were looking at, you, you'll remember this back in the beginning of the tech rack in 2000, really interesting pattern. You should go take a look at it. Um, the first leg down of the NASDAQ in the tech rack was, uh, straight down, uh, no pauses, no anything. It dropped 30% on the number. Okay. 
in the in the first half of this year, the NASDAQ dropped 30% on the number, okay? Then over the next two months, the NASDAQ rallied 30% off that bottom. Okay. Now, for those of you at home, it didn't recover that, right. okay? Because once you lose 30%, you got to make 43 to get back to even. So they were still 13% down on the year, okay? Then everybody thought, okay, the coast is clear. Buy Microsoft, buy pets.com, get in there and go again, right? Then it rolled over and dropped another 25%. And it kept doing these, these fake out rallies all the way down. The same thing happened from 1929 to 1932. Same thing happened from 08 to 09. It is very normal to see 15 to 30% rallies off of uh, uh, temporary bottoms. And you'll, you'll probably, if this is a, if this is a decline, like many others, you'll probably see somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to 12 more of these types of rallies. If, if, if this market is indeed going lower. So in that, in that way, this is not different. I, it, what's amazing to me, Todd, is how every time these happen. And I remember back in 0809, I remember back in 2000, it's always a false dawn and the amount of people it sucks in is incredible. Um, I think there are a lot of reasons for that because when you get to the height of these manias, nobody is any longer paying attention to fundamentals. They're just looking at price movements. They see markets going up and they think, Oh, here we go again. Right. Um, Generally speaking, if you were looking at this market and if it was truly a price discovery mechanism, um, if you look at interest rate increases alone, if you look at earnings trends, if you look at revenue trends, if you look at real economic growth, so two consecutive quarters, um, you'd probably see the NASDAQ down around 40 to 50% year to date. Um, Bonds would probably be down 15 to 20, about where they're at now. So bonds aren't really surprising me. Um, but here's the crazy thing. If you, if the, if the NASDAQ was down 40 to 50% year to date, you'd still be trading at 20, a 20 to 30%, uh, premium over long-term valuation averages. So yeah, as far as the market trend goes, this looks very textbook in terms of a bear market rally. It's going to suck a lot of people in, fake a lot of people out. We've been saying for the last month, we thought this rally could go as high as 12.8 on the NASDAQ to 13.5. Well, today it closed just slightly above 12.8. Um, people are like, it can't do that in this economic backdrop. And I'm just like, look at history, right? Markets don't move in one direction. Um, so, but yeah, this situation is different because like I said, everybody goes, well, the markets are still down on the year. I don't think people have a, they don't, they don't realize how euphoric prices were coming into this year. So even though you've had a pullback, Prices are still obscene on a long-term, you know, on a long-term basis or, or on any type of historical basis. And remember, for so many years, we justified higher valuations because of record low interest rates. Well, the Fed funds rates now at two and a quarter, the highest it's been since 2007. So that doesn't hold anymore. Rates have gone up. U.S. Treasuries have gone up. Earnings have begun to fall. Um, you look across the complex, even companies that are beating on, on, on revenue or, or hitting expectations on revenue, whose stocks are getting a big jump because of that. You look, you see margins eroding by 50, 60, 70%. So none of it's rational. And my whole thing is, you know, I go back to, and this is why we manage risk because nobody knows what's going to happen in the markets. And the old saying market state can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. And it's just, it's so true. Does anything look good? Does anything justify this rally? No, it's ridiculous. Um, now is, but that's not to say that, you know, you might not be higher 12 months from now. And I think you're right. I, it is a chaos economy. I mean, there's just, there's nothing 
Could things get better? Yes. But when you look at the NASDAQ running up 22% in this environment, considering rate hikes and all that kind of stuff, I, there, I mean, there is the, the one thing that bulls are clinging to is the unemployment rate. Okay. Well, they're literally, and there's not an ounce of hyperbole in this when I say this, other than bankruptcies, there is no more lagging indicator than unemployment. Meaning when does unemployment hit its lowest mark at the top of the cycle, right? And you don't know that till when, till two or three quarters later, right? So, right, you're buying because unemployment hits a record low. Well, it just peaked. So when does unemployment hit its bottom and start, you know, getting better again, right at the bottom of a recession? Right. But you don't know that until you look back in hindsight. So this is not new either. The last battle cry of every bull at the end of a bull market is but unemployment. And you go, give it, give it a couple quarters. Yeah. So, and, 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 and if you look at the underlying economic indicators at this point, now we'll keep an eye on it, but at this point they reflect that, which is everything that is tied to services or consumer spending, especially as it relates to travel, those things are all doing incredibly well. They were also the areas of the economy that were hit the hardest in COVID, right? Well, why are those things all doing incredibly well? Because people are finally taking the vacation that they've been putting off for the last two and a half years, right? Outside of an apocalypse, they were going to go on that vacation by God, right? I mean, they, 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 had, to, well, they, they had to push it off for to, two years. Because the airlines yeah. are saying, oh, yeah, we can't refund you, but we can bump you back right. in the hotels. We can't refund right. you, we can bump you back. So I always like to take uh, what you say and put it in my monkey brain um, and then try to spit it back in a monkey sense. Um, we, uh, we had a family friend who was a for real survivalist. Like, he's okay going out in the woods for a month, two months. He could have won alone easily, easily. He would, wow. just, he would just, you know, laid out traps for the cameraman when they came to got him and eaten the cameraman. Right. He's like Juan Pablo. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, just so you know, we have now watched every single episode of alone that exists. That's what I'm saying. All right. So, <laughs> so you think it's cool. That's, uh, um, that's the guy killed the, uh, the musk ox, um, and with a knife. Yeah. Ultimately at uh, once with a, an arrow, we've, we've pierced the musk ox and then took a knife down. Yeah. Um, this guy that we were friends with, um, he, he would have just eaten the cameraman and said, <laughs> I didn't say, didn't say in the rules. I couldn't trap your cameraman and eat him. Um, so Roger would take us hiking and he did this wonderful trick for us. Wonderful trick. Uh, we're going up this hill, he and his sons and I, and it is a long hike and Roger carried his gear and we carried ours and it was all equally split. And his point was, yeah, you're smaller than me. Um, so you'll have to work harder. Sorry. And we asked, when do we get to the summit? And he says, oh, it's no more than three hours. So we climb and we see the summit coming and we're kind of checking our little Mickey Mouse watches and there it is. And we pull up and we're thinking we're going to take the gear off. And Roger says, okay, we'll rest here for a second. And his son said, wait, you said the summit. He goes, oh yeah, first summit. <laughs> you didn't say, when are we reaching camp? You realize it's a false summit. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh. So there's more. Yeah. Just, but, but not more than two hours. It's, it's roughly another two hour hike. And you're, and you, so what you're describing about those, those lagging economic indicators um, that reminded me of that I would just wrap this this way. If, if here's, here's my view of this economically uh, for what it's worth. If they're willing to do this, 
if they're willing to uh, give Pfizer the money they gave them and the hundreds of billions, if they're willing to twice illegally buy, have the treasury buy bonds uh, from mobbed up companies, if they're willing to do that, if you're, they're willing to have the figurehead pretend there's 0% interest rate, if they're willing to do that, uh, if they're willing to ignore obvious insider trading, if they're willing to do that, then I guess my question is about our economy, exactly what would they not do? Exactly what idea in a DC boardroom would someone go, hey, wait, wait, that's, that's, that's beyond the pale. Look, I, two years ago, I would have had some answers for that, but watching the reaction through COVID, those limitations that I thought existed, I've learned that they don't. And, and people, is it obscene? Yes. Is it healthy in the long run? No. Will it end badly? Yes. But remember, if, if, if you are right, right, uh, if you're right, but you're a few years early, you can be bankrupt, right? And, and you cannot invest with that mindset of going, okay, it's all going to end. What do you do? You have to manage risk. It's, it's your only way about it because, and I don't mean to always go back to, you know, I, I, I see the world through my own colored glasses because I manage assets for a living, but um, there is nothing they won't do. And, and that is one of the reasons, well, one of my employees asked me today, well, Zach, if it looks that clear to you, you've had a pretty good record of judging these things. Why are we all in short on this thing? And I go, have you seen what's happened over the last month and a half? And he goes, well, yeah. And I go, that's why we're not all in short. Anything can happen. And, and like you said, if they're raiding a former president's office, if they're doing all these things that we talked about, they have showed to us that, that the ends justify any means. There is no means that, that is outside of the game to, to get the generated outcome. And the other thing you have to realize is that a stock market going down does not benefit any of their causes, right? And so whether or not it should go down or shouldn't go down is really not the point, right? Um, like you said, there's nothing they won't do. And the longer they can extend the party and stay in power, that's what they're going to do. As long as they can keep lining people's pockets, that's what they're going to do. If it, if it causes them to forgive all the student loan debt, that's what they're going to do. If it causes them to give a $2,000 base wage to everybody in the United States, that's what they're going to do. This party doesn't end until inflation completely takes it out of their hands. And you might see the market collapse in the intermediate period of time. And, and, I, and again, I don't think people get this relationship. If you have somebody that has a printing press and can print dollars and you run on an accounting system that is based on those dollars, there is no such thing as insolvency if the powers that be don't want it to be insolvent, right? If, you, if, you're, if you're a business yeah. and you're a billion dollars upside down and they inject $2 billion on your balance sheet, you're healthy, period. Like, I mean, that's just the way it works. Is that sustainable in the long run? Of course not. But the long run can take a lot longer than people think. And in the meantime, why do we still need to be investing? Why can't we be all bared up? Because what do all of their actions point to? It's exactly what we're experiencing now, inflation and rapidly rising prices. Um, so they, they, no, there is no constraint. Inflation is the only constraint. But if you look at, if the economic indicators are right, you're going to see inflation come down pretty quick, yeah. right? Because demand stops. And then what will they do? They'll turn on the printing presses again. So no, I, you're right. We're at a terminal stage in this. And if you're waiting for the markets to get back to normal, where capitalism functions and we allow companies to fail, and we let interest rates find their true levels. Um, you're not going to see that until we suffer complete collapse. I, I've, I've been saying for years, we're at a point now 
where we've crossed the event horizon of normal economics and normal finance, and they cannot quit mess. They have to stay involved. The Federal Reserve will be involved for the rest of our lives or until the economy collapses because they can't pull back. So, so there's nothing they won't do. I, I'm picturing a sloshing cup. Yeah. Okay, so I'm yeah. picturing a great big, huge sloshing, in fact, um, bowl. And it is the size of the universe. Uh, and it contains God's wrath. And at some point or another, he has said, I am storing up cups of wrath. Mm -hmm. And at some point or another, I might say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a shot glass of wrath and I'm going to pour it out and let you see uh, what living beyond your means has done, what refusing to tithe has done uh, mm -hmm. as a society, what refusing to give me the first, first fruits has done, what killing my children or my creations has done. Uh, what lying on these massive gargantuan levels is done. I'm going to pour some of that out. Maybe now you'll turn to me because I honestly, Zach, I believe God has been saying, hey, I'm going to show you what they're doing to your kids. That might draw your attention because I know you love your kids, but you can't love them as much as I can. And eventually um, it, people begin to turn their attention. Um, but I also think this, eventually God says, all right, you guys need this. So what tools get you through a collapse? You know what tools don't? Yeah, food storage, you got it. I got a couple years. Ammo, sure. I have a whole bunch unless the FBI is taking it from me today. Guns, got that. You know what I do have? I have a church community. They're not yeah. going to let me starve. Yep. They're not. They're not going to, and I'm not going to let them starve. And our church community is not going to be shut down. So they take our building. You know what? We'll meet. We'll feed each yeah. other. We'll build for each other. There's so many doctors in our church. We'll care for each other. You know, and you know, people are going to need a podcaster. I mean, uh, I'll be very valuable at that <laughs> yeah. point. I'll be the most popular guy. Um, so we'll take care of each other. I have neighbors um, that are prepared. And furthermore, we are committed to the body of Christ. And you know what? They can't destroy the body of Christ. So I, I think it's no. a better reason to join the body of Christ than has ever existed. That's how I would wrap this. I, I couldn't sum it up any better. And then I also, you and I have talked about this before, but you know, cast your worries on me. One of the things I talk to our guys about all the time is, hey guys, you have to know in this job, there's going to be a bunch of things you don't know. Let's not focus on that. Let's trust God to lead us the right way and keep the intentions pure and keep the knees on the ground and keep the eyes clear. Um, outside of that, cast your worries on him because spending a bunch of time, take that energy instead and go love on your neighbors, go love on your church members, go love on people in need. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And the rest of it's vanity and vexation. Yeah. And Satan would love us sitting around angry and mad and hating on each other. All right. That's <laughs> it. Next week, it's Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, you can register at Bulwark Capital Management's website, knowyourriskradio.com. God bless you, brother. Appreciate you. Prayers for your family. Hey, you bet, man. Thanks for having me on as always. All right. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please, as always, go be well. Be, what do I say? Be well, be strong, be kind. Gosh, you know, I've been saying that for a decade and sometimes I screwed up because I'm getting the Bidens. Go be well, be strong, be kind. And as always, as always, let's be right with God.